Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball and the Red Storm get back in the win column as they take down the Butler Bulldogs 69-57. to It was a game that the Red Storm absolutely had to have if they were going to do anything in conference play this season, and they did just that. Probably their best defensive effort all around all season long. Absolutely their best defensive effort in Biggie's play as they allow just 57 points to Butler. They hold Butler to just 6 of 24 from three-point range. They force 16 turnovers in this game. All in all, one of the best defensive efforts that we've seen, if not the best defensive effort that we've seen from St. John's all season long as they improve to 7-6 and six on the season, get back over 500, and now 2-5 and five in the conference, move up to 8th place in the conference for now, making some progress and getting back maybe towards the middle of the pack of things in the conference. But like I said, this was a must-win game for the Red Storm if, if anything was going to happen this season. You know, the, some of these losses that they've had so far in Big East play, you can excuse. You know, you can excuse a road loss at Creighton. Obviously, the way that that loss went down was not good with the effort, for sure, the defensive effort. But you can excuse losses to Creighton. You know, you can excuse a loss at Xavier, even all things considered, a loss at Xavier. You blew a game against Georgetown, obviously, So, and you lost a tough road game at Seton Hall. So not any terrible losses right now outside of the Georgetown game, but this was a game that you were going to have to win, and they got the job done. So give them credit for that, taking down Butler at home, a Butler team that is not very good this season, as we've seen, that a Butler team that is now, I think, 3-7 and seven overall and 2-5 and five in the Big East, just like you, and it was at home, and it was a must-win game. And you're going to have another game now coming up against Marquette on Saturday, another game that's not a must win. But again, if you want to do something in the conference, you're going to have to win that game at home against Marquette before you go on the road against UConn on uh, on Monday night. But for now, let, let's just bask in a, in a nice win, really just an overall smooth, nice win for the Red Storm. They played well on the offensive end. I thought that things flowed so much better on the offensive end for St. John's tonight than we've seen in the past. I think they led wire to wire in this game. They shot 23 three-pointers, but it felt like these three-pointers were kind of in the flow of the game. Uh, Josh Roberts might be my MVP of this game. Playing because Isaiah Moore was suspended for this game or not available for this game. Uh, We don't know what happened there, but he was obviously not available, Isaiah Moore. Uh, Josh Roberts steps into the starting lineup, scores eight points, grabs three rebounds. Overall, though, I felt like was a huge factor for them on the offensive end and on the defensive end. And a pretty big step up from Arnaldo Toro, who had started the previous couple of games. Nothing against Toro, but we saw that tonight. And there was really no reason now. I'm still trying to figure out a reason why Josh Roberts, as I'm sure many fans are, why Josh Roberts was not playing every single game this season. Because you saw tonight, I mean, eight points, three rebounds, and he was a difference maker for this team on both ends. And a massive upgrade from Arnaldo Toro. And again, I hate to criticize someone like that because they are college kids, but Roberts is a huge step up from Toro. So let's hope now, going forward the rest of the season, if we don't at least see Roberts in the starting lineup, that we at least see him getting minutes, meaningful minutes in Big East games, which is the hope. 
Uh, the story, again, for St. John's tonight, the defense with Julian Champagny and Posh Alexander led the charge that way. Champagny scored 18 points. Posh scored 10. Champagny goes 4 of 8 from 3-point range. Posh hits two 3-pointers early in this game. Had 8 points early. Only had 2 points in the second half. But their defensive intensity was off the charts. Rasheem Dunn as well. Rasheem Dunn and Posh Alexander combined for seven steals in this game. That's why St. John's won this game. You know, defense has been the issue for this team all season long. But tonight, the defensive intensity, you could tell whatever Mike Anderson did in practice or in meetings the last three days definitely lit a fire under this team because the defensive intensity was there absolutely. And like I said, it was Julian Champagny, it was Posh Alexander, and it was Rasheem Dunn really on the perimeter creating havoc against a Butler team that didn't have a whole lot of ball handlers and that didn't have a great offensive game plan. And another thing that I that I loved about this game for the Red Storm is that it wasn't just one guy. You know, Julian Champagny led the charge, obviously. He had the 18 points. But I mentioned four or five guys, and there were a few guys on the bench as well that had great games. I mean, you look at the scoring output in this game for St. John's and their 69 points. Champagny, 18. Posh, 10. Roberts, 8. Vince Cole, 8. Erlington, 7. Uh, Rasheem Dunn, 7. Greg Williams, 6. They had a lot a lot of guys contributing in this game, and it felt like each you know portion of the game, someone stepped up to make big plays for you. You know, early on in the game, it was Posh hitting those two threes at the start of the game to kind of set the tone offensively for you. It was Julian Champagny had a nice little run midway through the first half that kind of got you through that. That guy, he hit a couple threes at that run. And then right before the end of the first half, which I thought was the turning point of this game, when you had, I think it was a 32 to 30 game and you end the first half on a nine to two run, that extends the lead to 10 going into the break, 41 to 31. I thought that was the turning point in this game, and it was Vince Cole who led the way during that run. And it was Vince Cole who hit the big 40-footer, 30-footer, whatever it was, pulling up with two and a half seconds left to shoot, launches that three. I was saying, what are you doing? You got two seconds left. Drive or get close to the basket at least. Take, take a normal three. But he, he was confident in himself, and he drained that three, and he kind of took over in that spot. I thought that even when Butler was kind of making their run to get back into this game, Dylan Adai Wusu hit a couple of baskets, got to the got to the foul line once, uh, had an end one, I believe, that kind of, kind of neutralized that game and, and stabilized you for a little bit and kept you from completely going under. So I felt like it was a mix of guys. You know, it was it was Posh, it was Julian, it was Cole, it was Wusu, it was, you know, Rasheem Dunn for a, a portion. Everyone contributed at some point offensively to this win, which is what you love to see. And that's going to be a recipe for St. John's. You know, you know Julian's going to lead the way, obviously. Julian is going to be your guy who scores 18, 19, you know, 20 plus points every game for you, as we've seen. But if you can get a balanced scoring effort, from guys like Greg and Roberts and Posh and Rasheem and Erlington and Vince Cole. That's huge for you. When the on- when the onus is not just on one guy to score 25, 30 points for you. So that's what I liked. 
What I didn't like, there wasn't a whole lot to not like in this game, to be honest with you. Uh, the main issue that I had was when St. John's kind of let Butler back in that game. I, I, what was the run? 11-2. I know it was a 7-0 run when the lead went from 13 back down to 6, and I believe it got down to as low as 4 at one point. Um, I didn't like the lineup that Anderson had in. I felt like that lineup really let Butler back in the game. You know, like I said, Dylan Adai Wusu had a couple of nice baskets during that run to kind of stabilize things. But I think you had Wusu, you had Toro, you had Erlington. I'm trying to remember who else was on the court there, but it was not a good lineup. It was a couple of reserves. He went too deep into the bench. He might have even had McGriff on the court at one point during that run. Not a good lineup for Anderson. He waited too long with that lineup in. You know, I'm sure I, along with every other Red Storm fan, was screaming, get this lineup out. You know, get get Toro out. Get Wusu out. Get these guys out. Like, get 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 Julian back in. Get Posh back in. Get Rasheem back in. That was what we wanted to see. And I feel like he's stuck, stuck with that lineup, and he's done that a couple of times this year now, Mike Anderson. A couple of times this year where he's left the lineup in a little too long. And has let another team either get back into a game or extend a lead. I know that he likes to go deep into his bench, but I didn't love it in this game. And it made this game a little closer than it needed to be for a little bit uh, of that game. And I mean, another thing you have to not like is, is again, how is Arnaldo Toro playing over Josh Roberts? I mean, that that tonight's game just kind of makes you scratch your head even more with the question marks in terms of Roberts and Toro, the decision-making there from this coaching staff. But again, give this coaching staff credit. If we're going to criticize, we should also give them credit. A heck of a defensive performance. Butler's not a great team, as we know, but a heck of a defensive performance from St. John's tonight, holding them to 25% from three-point range, holding them to just 57 points, including 26 in the second half. Really nice job defensively in this game, and that's why they won this game. You know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't play amazing offensively in this game, at least up to you know what their averages have been scoring the ball. Uh, but they played a really clean, good defensive game, uh, a, a type of game that you would expect to see out of a Mike Anderson forty minutes of hell type team. And at the end of the game, it really, you know, you saw Butler went, you know, didn't have a field goal for what a five, six, seven minute stretch there at the end of the game from the nine minute mark on. That was you know the defensive pressure for St. John's, forcing turnovers, forcing. T- tough shots. That's what you like to see. And hopefully now that can carry over uh, to the to the weekend when they take on Marquette and maybe even next week when they go on the road uh, against UConn before uh, facing DePaul. So not the toughest schedule now coming up uh, for St. John's in these next three games. If you can figure out a way to go two and one in those games, all of a sudden now you're four and six in Big East play. And you've got at least a shot to make this an interesting season. But uh, But we will see about that. All right, let's get to our our uh, guest for the day. He's been on the program, really one of our day one guests. Uh, he is John Cavanaugh. Uh, we love having him on. I'm going to have him on for the first time this season. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, we are now joined by a longtime guest, one of our first guests ever. And he's with us for the first time this season. It is John Cavanaugh. How you hanging in there, John? I'm doing all right, Troy. And I get to do a... Uh... A winning recap with you tonight, so not a bad night at all. You know, I, I was I was thinking before before we started, we haven't done very many wins. I don't think me and you. I I remember like a few. Like I remember we we did the Providence game a couple of years ago when they got blown out. If you remember, we did the tournament game where they lost. Like I feel like we haven't done very many wins, me and you. No, when when you text me to uh, come on the show, I always say to myself, "All right, 
uh, when I watch the game. Tonight may be a rough one because <laughs> this just seems to be the luck we've had. But uh, happy to do this one tonight. It was definitely a great game. Yeah, we uh, we broke the trend for once, which was which was nice uh, and, and good to see St. John's obviously getting the win. Uh, I mean, I mean, first, just you know, give me your thoughts on the game. I, I felt like you know defense kind of led the way for St. John's in this game. The defensive intensity they kind of got back to to who they were in this game. You know, uh, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, totally agree. This seems like a patent Mike Anderson coach game. And to me, the problem with St. John's this season so far, there's been many, but it's been that they really haven't embraced his 40 minutes of hell identity. And it just seems that Mike Anderson teams are usually, uh, they're, uh, their defense is their strong point. Yeah. They're one of the worst teams in the country on defense, uh, which actually I wasn't aware of statistically, but they're one of the worst uh, def- defensive teams in the country. Mm-hmm. So they really have lacked an identity. They haven't. Obviously, they haven't played well. I thought tonight, like you said, the defense led the way. They had a ton of steals. They forced Butler into some tough, tough possessions. I know Butler isn't really a great team, but this was a must much needed win for St. John's. It was a season saver. They have a uh, similar game next uh, against Marquette, yeah. which is going to be another game they have to win. But this was really a good game for them to get back on the right track. Has had a Josh Roberts sighting, which was great to see. <laughs> but uh, no, this was just a patent St. John's game where they looked great in transition, a ton of turnovers uh, they forced, and I thought defensively they were fantastic. Yeah, and I feel like that that defensive intensity, that identity, it, it, you know, it, it always starts with the guards, I feel like, with the guys out on the perimeter. And tonight I thought Posh, I thought Rasheem Dunn, and I thought Julian were incredible on the perimeter. Uh, Posh, I think, had what three steals, and Rasheem had four. You know, they forced the third, uh, the sixteen turnovers. But I thought it really started with Posh and Rasheem and Julian in this game. No, totally. I think this was Dunn's best game this season. I yeah. thought he was great on both ends of the floor. You know, he he only finished with seven points, and he was three of nine from the field. But I thought overall. He was a really, really good game from him. He did finish with five assists. And just really, really good to see him spreading the ball around. It was good to see those guys play strong on the perimeter. Uh, it just seemed like any time Butler would cut it close, Champagny would hit a big bucket. Uh, and Posh's defense, I thought, was fantastic. I thought all three uh, collaborated really well. And I definitely think that their backcourt is their strength. And when those guys are playing at the level they do tonight, they're, it's going to lead to good results. Yeah, yeah, and and that's kind of an interesting thing when you when you look at this box score for St. John's, like no one's line really jumps out at you. I mean, Julian had the 18, but we've kind of you know come to expect him scoring in the you know high teens, low 20s every game. You know, and everyone else, you know, you see Posh with 10, you see Josh with eight, Vince with eight. You know, no one really like took over this game for St. John's to where they're gonna jump off the stat sheet. But it was every guy you know contributing a little bit, which I really really liked. You know, they scored 69 points and only had two guys in double figures. You know, so many guys contributed offensively to this win, it felt like. Yeah, and that's how Mike Anderson likes to play his Mm -hmm. rotations, right? He likes Mm -hmm. to play 10 guys. He likes to balance out his lineup. And there was, I thought he did a good job of managing the rotations tonight. I did. thought he had a good feel for the game. There was only one point where I think he kept in a lineup too long, Mm -hmm. where it allowed Butler to chew back into their lead a little bit, where I thought St. John's could have really stepped away with it. But... Yeah, no, Mike Anderson obviously likes to play uh, as many guys as he can. It was a well-balanced effort. And, it, you know, they, they've had games this season where, like the last one, Champ, or 
uh, I don't know if it was the last one where Champagne scored 32 and they yeah. got blown, their doors blown off. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they don't necessarily need that one guy to jump out at you. St. John's is going to win games with their depth. And that's what was preached at the start of the season was, oh, this is one of the deeper St. John's teams. It may not scare you, but they have they have about 10 guys that can play competitively on both ends of the floor. And I think tonight, for the first time in conference play, you really saw the damage they can do when all guys are firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was absolutely their their you know, best win, I think, of conference play. I mean, they've only had two, but their best game of conference play, for sure, <laughs> taken down, you know, after they beat Georgetown. This was a really nice, you know, well-rounded game. I want to go back to what you said about the the rotations, and you kind of mentioned it, and I hit on it on the open a little bit as well. He had that one stretch in the, uh, in the second half when the lead went from 13 down to, I think, as low as four, where he went with a weird lineup again of, of I think, Wusu was out there, Toro was out there, uh, Erlington was out there. And that kind of let Butler in the game. I mean, well, like, where do you stand on that in terms of, you know, playing your depth? Because like you mentioned, Anderson loves to go into his bench. He loves to go 10, 11, 12 guys deep. But, you know, sometimes it feels like it's a detriment to this team when he puts out a lineup out there that's just not working and he'll stick with it for way too long, it feels like. So, like, where do you stand on that? Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, like I said before, I thought he had a good feel for the game tonight, but... I do agree with you that way too often he gets very stubborn with some of the lineups he puts out there. I think the Toro project has to end, and I think every St. John's fan would agree with me. Um, you know, I saw in the press in the press game conference, you know, Anderson was saying that it's Josh Roberts' time now, and that um, you know that he's pretty much. Uh, earned his playing time now and I think it's been well past the point for that I think to have a guy like Toro in your lineup who really doesn't contribute anything on either end of the floor uh, to keep continue playing him and I'm not just singling trying to single yeah. him out entirely but um, he, he just continues to play some certain players in certain rotations that don't work and I think he, he wants to play uh, obviously 10 guys but there are times where you just have to roll your best five out there and and play them as much as you can you know St. John's just went from one extreme to the other you know we saw Chris Mullen <laughs> play six guys into the ground now we're seeing Mike Anderson just spreading the minutes out as much as he can but I think I agree you have to know which lineup is rolling which isn't look in a perfect world you want to play 10 guys and you want to have that balanced attack and St. John's can be a team to do that but they're, they're just not there yet certain nights, and when they're playing better competition, they need their best guys out there. Guys like Toro are getting eaten alive by other Big East bigs, and you have to change it up a little bit or, or go back to what was working. So I think it absolutely can be a detriment, and it gets them out of games. And we saw it tonight. I think he called uh, – Butler was chewing into their lead. He called – Anderson called a timeout, and St. John's, after that timeout, was able to open it back up. But it was getting close there, and the thought started to creep in. Okay, is he going to pull the plug on this experiment or not? Mm -hmm. I think he has to be more cognizant of that going forward, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and let's talk about Josh for a second. This felt like it was the—I mean, it was definitely the first game in Big East play where he's gotten, you know, significant minutes, and it seems like now— He's going to be playing, you know, significant minutes for the foreseeable future. Uh, Isaiah Moore was obviously out, you know, uh, was suspended or whatever you want to call it for this game. That kind of opens up the opportunity for Josh. And I thought he really, you know, took 100% advantage of it, scoring the eight points, uh, only grabbed three rebounds, altered a bunch of shots, though, it felt like. It just, it feels like Josh just 
gives them at least a shot down low, you know, to, to be, you know, somewhat decent down low defensively and offensively. He can score for you around the basket, you know, you notice. And, and just defensively, he can grab some rebounds. He can alter some shots. That's just stuff that Toro doesn't do. I thought that Josh Roberts, you know, again, doesn't jump off the stat sheet tonight, but had a really, really nice game. No, Troy, uh, absolutely. I think this is a guy who, at least when he comes on the floor, at least he makes an impact. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was a definite, he was a positive contributor last season. He, he he obviously had that nasty injury, but he came back this season, put some weight on, and I thought his role was going to expand, and we just haven't seen him. And we haven't really gotten an explanation as to why we haven't seen him. You know, obviously they could have been working him back from injury, but at this point in the season, you know, it seems like he was fine to play. I don't know what's taking so long and it shouldn't take Isaiah Moore getting suspended for (laughs) Josh Roberts to get in a game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it doesn't make much sense to me. He's a fantastic rim protector, um, and he's someone exactly who can bang down low, who gives you a shot to at least compete for some boards. And Julian Champagny hit it on the nose. He said he... Uh, in the post-game press conference, he told Josh Roberts that if he didn't play like he did, they wouldn't have won. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even his teammates recognize the impact he can have on the game. St. John's fans can recognize the impact he has on the game. He's a good player. His effort, his work ethic, it's contagious. He's just he's someone that has to get more minutes. I'm not sure why that hasn't been the case. And I think it would make more sense to all of us if we got an explanation (laughs) or we got something from the coach, uh, but we haven't gotten anything. Mm -hmm. And all we've gotten is, and we finally got tonight that he's going to, you know, uh, that it's his time and yeah. that he's been patient and positive but it, it shouldn't have taken this long and that, that that's my problem with it this is someone who can really be a force down low give them a nice presence that they don't have mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely and let's let's you know say this about Roberts too give a lot of credit to him you know a, a lot of college kids especially with the way that you know college football college basketball are nowadays you know guys don't play three four games in a row and they're looking to transfer you know so like give him credit I feel like for you know sticking with it for as as you said staying positive and you know when his time calls he answers it because you just don't see that a lot of that nowadays in college athletics you know no absolutely I mean this it's basically sometimes if you don't get what you want and you know or you don't play as much your role isn't what was promised I mean you see a lot of these kids unless in the portal we've seen it with St. John's yeah. you know we saw um you know uh, I think it was Sadiq uh, Keita that had yeah, that problem uh-huh. Uh, and the list goes on and on, but Josh Roberts is someone that I'm glad is sticking around, and I hope that's the case after this season. But absolutely, you have to appreciate a kid that is continuing to try and earn his minutes despite the fact that he should be in. And now that he's gotten his opportunity, I'm glad he came in and proved that he deserved it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now, let's uh, let's look forward a little bit before I let you go. Let's look forward a little bit. Uh, at conference play now, you're you're at two and five in the conference. Obviously, still you know nothing to be proud of at all. But you know you really only have that one bad loss against Georgetown. Every other loss, you kind of understand a little bit. You know you can complain about the effort in some games or how you lost some games. But you know the two and five record is what it is. Looking ahead now, I mean tonight was a must win. Obviously, looking ahead though, home against Marquette, on the road against UConn, and then on the road against DePaul. If you can figure out a way to get two wins out of those three, and I know that's asking for a lot, obviously, but if you can figure out a way to go two and one in that stretch, all of a sudden you're four and six now going, you know, at the end of January, you've got a shot to make this, 
you know, an interesting season to where you're not automatically going to be, you know, near the bottom of the conference. And I don't think Marquette is that great, you know, so like you've got a shot here at least. I don't, I don't know where you feel, how you feel about that though. Yeah, I mean, you know, truthfully, I don't really see much of a pathway for them. I just don't think they've been consistent. I think that it's taken them way too long to get going. I do think, though, that they absolutely had to win this game, and they did their job tonight, so they deserve credit for that. And hopefully this can be the sign of a turnaround. I I agree with you. I think Marquette's beatable, Mm -hmm. um, and I think think they're going to have to win that game because then they have UConn, uh, which – I'm going to chalk up as a loss. Yeah, I'm, yeah, not, not uh, yeah. Know, I, I'm, I'm just going to chalk it up as a loss. And then you have DePaul. So like you said, it's very possible. They're, they're going to need to do it to make it interesting. They're going to need to go 2-1. and one. But yeah, I mean, you're going to get Butler again. You're going to get Marquette again. Uh, I think Providence is good. But uh, I, again, I think they're... Uh, they're, they're beatable, so yeah. I think you have a chance to make this interesting. Uh, I wouldn't get my hopes up, but absolutely, I think the next in the next three game stretch, two of, they have to win at least two of them mm-hmm. to keep us tuning in past this month. Yeah, you're gonna you're I mean you're gonna learn a lot about this team, and there's a long layoff in between the UConn game and the DePaul game. So I mean you know this time you know two or three weeks from now you're gonna you're gonna know a lot I think about you know, where this team is, is, is going to be going forward in terms of, you know, are they going to be a bottom half of the Big East team or a middle of the pack Big East team going forward, you know? Yeah, and I, and I think the expectations uh, were set last year. You know, they had an up-and-down season. They were they were towards the bottom, but there was some progress to be made. So I, I really I want to see them come out, and I want them to make some positive steps in the right direction. I, I do think that they I, they can't be at the bottom again. Mm-hmm. I think they have to continue to make strides and continue to try and build off this win, get back to playing defense, get back to being dangerous in trend, transition, uh, because it, once they rely on their half-court offense, it gets real ugly. Mm, absolutely. John, uh, thank you, as always, for coming on, man. You know I always appreciate it. Uh, you could tell the people, you know, if they could follow you on Twitter, uh, where can they find you? You can find me at Kavanaugh SJU. I don't tweet as much as I used to. Work's got me tied down, but <laughs> I promise I'll, if you follow me, I'll start tweeting some more St. John's basketball stuff. But, uh, yeah, always feel free to tweet me on Twitter. Pretty active on there, and I uh, love interacting with everybody. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate that. Let's, let, let's get some Johnson followers so we can start tweeting about St. John's again because we want to we hear his thoughts. I love hearing his thoughts. John, <laughs> thank you as always, man. You know, I, I always love having you on. And uh, you know we'll we'll definitely be talking again before the uh, before the season ends. Thanks, Troy. I appreciate you having me on as always, and uh, be good. And I'm sure we'll be in touch about St. John's sometime in the near future. <laughs> Absolutely. Have a good night, man. You too. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you once again to John Cavanaugh for coming on and helping us break down the Red Storm's 30... Or, Jesus, I'm looking at the Providence game right now. The Red Storm's 69-57 to win over Butler. Would have been real nice if they won and only scored 39 points, right? 69-57 uh, to win over Butler. The Red Storm improved to 7-6 and 2-5 uh, and in the conference. Uh, some news and notes. Isaiah Moore did not play tonight. We know, uh, you know, failed to uphold team standards. I think that the term was. It didn't seem like he was suspended, just wasn't available. 
but looks like this maybe is kind of trending towards a, a longer uh, absence for Isaiah Moore. Mike Anderson said post game, you know, Moore was not at practice yesterday, and he was asked, you know, if this was just going to be a one game thing or a multiple type game thing, and his answer was, "We'll see." So, you know, it doesn't exactly inspire confidence that Isaiah Moore is going to be available to you on uh, on Saturday when you face Marquette, or you know, maybe even beyond. Not a great, you know, thing. Obviously, you know, it takes a hit at some of your depth. More it started a couple of games as well. Um, you know, hadn't been playing great for the Red Storm, but uh, is certainly another piece for them that that will be missed. You know, but in his absence, you're going to see more of Josh Roberts. Hopefully, you know, hopefully you will see a guy like Josh Roberts, you know, stepping to the plate, and hopefully he continues to play like he played on Tuesday night uh, in this game against Butler because he's going to be needed. And at the end of the day, you know, I know St. John's fans are, are kind of on him a lot, but you're going to need Arnaldo Toro to step up as well. You know, if Isaiah Moore is not playing, you know, Josh Roberts is not going to be the only big that you're playing. You're going to need Arnaldo Toro to play and to, to step up and to give you better minutes, especially on the defensive end. Toro had some uh, plays on the defensive end tonight that were just terrible, terrible defensive plays. And I, I shouldn't talk, you know, I can't play defense, but, but um, you know, they were some, some rough defensive plays uh, for him. So they're, they're going to need Toro and they're going to need uh, Josh Roberts, especially to step up and give them meaningful minutes, which is exactly what Roberts at least uh, did tonight. If more is gone, you know, for, for a, 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 you know, foreseeable future, you know, the next couple of games or couple of weeks. Uh, but you do have obviously that long layoff coming on, coming up after the UConn game. So we'll see about that. But again, this is a, this is a chance for St. John's, you know, this, this Marquette game is now a really big game. They took care of business. They got back on, on the win in the win column tonight against Butler. We'll see now how they look uh, on Saturday against Marquette in another winnable game. You know, Marquette is 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 a is a decent team, but isn't isn't you know markedly better than you. It's a winnable game, and then you know you, you see what you do against UConn, then you have a long layoff and you play DePaul. So if you want to make some noise, or if you want to be you know a middle of the pack Big East team, which again I don't think that they are right now. I'm just saying you know if you want to have that chance to do so, this is your opportunity. You know, beat Marquette at home, and then you know see see what you do against UConn. But I, I, again, I'm not totally confident that's going to happen, but but uh, we will see about that. Anyways, thank you all for listening Uh, once again. uh, We will be back probably at some point next week. We may not have a recap of the UConn game up right after uh, next Monday. Uh, Maybe we'll try to do a Periscope after the Marquette game on Saturday, so definitely be on the lookout for that. And we'll try and do something about UConn with the UConn game uh, uh, right after. But if not, we'll we'll have something out, you know, the the day after at the latest. Thank you all again, though, for listening to this one. And as always, let's go Johnnies.